In the name of the Holy Trinity, who is three in one and one in three. Amen. The American artist Kehinde Wiley is best known for his portraits and his engagement with Christianity, icons, saints, and the Bible. His work celebrates the experiences and identities of people of color by inviting their lives and bodies into the stories too often told by, for, and to Western white audiences. His work is often inspired directly by European paintings that imagined white bodies and white cultures in relation to biblical stories. This one is George Dawes' 1804 painting of the same subject. Dawes decided to paint the three women wearing the fashion of his own time. Those women from our story from Ruth today. Naomi, Ruth herself, and Orpah. Dawes' treatment of this is straight out of a Jane Austen novel. Wiley's art, with people wearing fashions of their own time, is expansive, generous, and luminous, letting all of us know that these lives matter. The lives of the saints matter. The lives of each and every Black person matter. He finds the people he paints by just walking up to them in New York City and asking if he can paint their portrait. He noticed that most people say no, funny that, but some do say yes, and these three women certainly did. These are three strong black women in Wiley's painting. Ruth looks out at us. Naomi shifts her gaze between what might lie ahead and what has already been, and Orpah is already turning away, though their hands are still clasped together. One daughter decides to stay, the other daughter decides to go. This is a time of famine and intense need for decisions. Naomi, as their mother-in-law, recognizes that all three of them are in genuine peril. They've got to go from one place to another place because otherwise they'll simply starve. It takes a subversive sort of courage to be kind, especially in circumstances like these. Authentic and deep kindness takes risk. This is the chesed type of kindness. Chesed is the Hebrew word that's often translated in the beautiful portmanteau way as loving kindness. It's a love in action that might take you to God knows where. It's a love that crosses borders for the sake of a mix of need, hope, justice, anxiety, pain, and hope. Did I say hope already? Hope is so important in this chesed loving-kindness mix that it is worth saying it twice. I often think of hope and courage like sacred sisters. They don't have to do things together, but it's a powerful experience of family bonds, like the bond between God and the children of God when they do. Maya Angelou, who had a way with words that makes them wrap themselves up within us, had this wisdom to share. Have enough courage to trust love one more time, and always one more time. Have the courage to be the conduit of chesed, then, to give yourself over to it over and over again. I think that's why I've chosen Ruth for this Lent series at St. Luke's Holloway, for a sermon in which a woman in the Bible so loving, so kind, and so subversively powerful that she gets her own book named after her, it's clear 
that I've chosen this because I really, really want to celebrate her as our person for today. I wanted to put the story of her refusal to leave her mother-in-law together with the Virgin Mary's song of justice and God's power in the Magnificat. Here are two reasons. The first is that Ruth makes the choice to love God even when she comes from a completely different place and situation. As a Moabite, Moabites and Israelites, by the way, really, really didn't like each other. And as a widow, a famished person in need of basic food, shelter, and hospitality, she really didn't have to make that choice at all. She could have done something very different. But she dared to place her faith in Naomi's love, even when Naomi herself is at her most frail. And she placed her faith in God's love, too, and had no idea what was going to happen next. That reminds me a lot of the Annunciation. Gabriel's wings wrap themselves around Mary's heart as the message comes towards her, powerful as an earthquake, gentle as a flutter. Do you want to be God's mother? She is asked. And this girl, with many choices ahead of her and a whole life to live, places her faith in God's love and in the love of a son yet unborn who will take her and all of us God knows where. Both women also tell hard truths to hard hearts, knowing that those stones in people's chests might not budge, but that they're going to tell the truth anyway. Hope and courage, those sacred sisters, are doing their thing, and the result is a quiet revolution. Ruth's uncomfortable truth is that love is stronger than borders. Mary's uncomfortable truth is that God's purpose comforts the disturbed and disturbs the comfortable. Face it, they both say in their different ways, God's love is bigger than the things that weigh us down, individually and culturally. Bigger even than the grind of poverty. Bigger than the desperation of our here and now. Bigger than pandemics. And eternally, expansively for everyone without exception. And there's a third reason, too, which is a biblical one. At the end of the book of Ruth, we're told about a genealogy that runs through her family with Naomi and Boaz and the enfolding wings of God around this beautiful new chapter in new life. Their son is Obed. Next, Jesse. After that, David. The Gospel of Matthew picks this up in the first chapter, extending the genealogy all the way through to Jesus, the Son of God completely human and completely holy, is present in the loving-kindness that Chesed of courageous and hopeful Ruth. And that starts when Ruth refuses, under pressure, to leave her mother-in-law alone. It is one of the most profoundly close, intimate, sensual passages in the whole Bible. It's been taken up by LGBT people in all kinds of ways, in ritual, in blessing, in hope, in the truth of love for all. And perhaps that's particularly significant in this time of LGBT History Month as February starts to come to a real close. And so when this starts with Ruth, she doesn't go back. She's convinced, even in the smallest of ways, in the most frail of certainties, that she can walk forward towards the love of God and that there will be more than food on the table. There will be the renewal of love in the heart. That's not just her heart or Naomi's heart, but God's own heart too. 
I want to look not just at the women in Wiley's painting, but at the background too. The background is a pattern by William Morris, the Victorian artist and socialist who lived here in London. The twisting tendrils are no longer passive wallpaper, but are integrated into the story of these three women making choices in their extremely pressured circumstances. The William Morris pattern is called Compton. It was his last in the mid-1890s for a wealthy client. For what it's worth, I can't help but think of the rappers N.W.A. almost a century later, and their groundbreaking track, now very celebrated, straight out of Compton, focused on violence as a way not just to protect themselves, but to serve their community in desperate times of anger and pain. I won't quote from it, but do Google it, maybe not with kids around. The American sociologist Parker Palmer has said this about violence. He says that violence is what happens when we don't know what to do with our suffering. The Book of Ruth shows that this happens in a different way. When the tendrils of Compton, that Morris pattern, unfurl and invite them straight into Hesed. There is a refusal of violence here and a refusal of hopelessness, even though both could have been very tempting for different reasons. As Porak Otuma and Glenn Jordan write in their new book about Ruth as a way to understand and overcome division, polarization, and violence, they say blood may spill, but love lasts forever. That's what Jesus, is te- that's what Jesus teaches us too, every day, and at every celebration of Holy Communion, and I will say now that I miss sharing that with God's people more than I can say. Wiley sees the sacred in every aspect of every Black life. His art both says and shows that Black lives matter. He took on the story of Ruth as a story of division, reconciliation, injustice, hope, and love, and courage. Institution and nation, self and other. We can never fully know one another's struggles, but we can listen and learn, and we can choose to be the ones who say to our life's own Naomi's, I won't leave you, I'll be here, and I will trust in God's loving kindness. Why would we do that? We do that through hope and faith, because of those sacred sisters, hope and courage. Amen.